With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, this is Robin Motter. Welcome to Women's Business Radio. Love Radio. And the name of my weekly show is called Diva Weekly Strategies for Success, where each week I share a topic and some great tips as well as I'll be bringing you dynamic guests and their topics and tips in future episodes. My background is a marketing PR consultant, event planner, national certified speaker, business coach, author, Matthew Western and Mid-Atlantic Regional Coordinator, and the Vice Chair of the Menifee Valley Chamber of Commerce, as well as the past president of GFWC Menifee City Women's Club. So you can see in all of those different activities that I've done, I've certainly done uh, a lot of things that require doing events. Tonight's topic is simple procedures for planning a special event. Did you know that doing an event requires upfront work and strategies to make it a success? As I told you, over the years I've done numerous events all over, and these strategies that I'm sharing with you are the very ones I use to make the event successful. Tonight I'm very excited to have as my guest Kathy Carlton who recently retired and moved to Sun City after 23 years of working with bus trains and subways as a train engineer, which is a very unusual job for women, and especially such a dynamic woman as Kathy. Kathy is also our newest ambassador for the Menifee Valley Chamber of Commerce in Menifee, the town I also live with. She is going to be asking me some questions relating to events so I can share with you some great tips about the event. Feel free to also call in and ask us your own questions relating to doing events and sponsorships and or anything to do with events. The call-in number is 347-884-9211. Also, uh, I have a PowerPoint that covers many of the things I'm talking about. And if you would like to receive it, just send me an email at rmodder at aol.com and put in the subject line PowerPoint on events and give me your contact information. Also, you may call me anytime with your questions as you plan your own event at 888-244-4420. So let's get started. Good evening, Kathy. So great to have you here tonight to be on my show. I know also that later this summer I would love to put you as a guest on the show and learn more about you. Good evening. I have a few questions. Are there any questions that people should ask themselves before starting the process? Absolutely. When you're doing an event, it's almost like doing your marketing plan for your uh, for your company or your business or your a marketing plan for your organization. So here's some of the questions. What is the purpose of the event? Who are you trying to reach? How many people do you want to attend? How many people do you need to make this a success? In other words, you're going to be doing a budget, so you'll be able to look at what you need to show up in order to cover what the expenses as well as 
looking at a profit that you're trying to meet for yourself or your nonprofit. Where will your audience come from and what are they willing to spend? Is the event something people might attend if it were not for charity? Will it achieve your group's goals? Will it interest the audience at which you're aiming? Do you have enough time for the careful planning required to produce a successful event? Do you have enough staff, volunteer support? Is there an appropriate and affordable site available? Are there potential corporate sponsors? Have you checked for conflicts with other major events? This is one of the biggest things I see, I see that people forget to do. They plan an event and they don't look at what else is happening in their area, and then when the event comes, people are you know, going different directions. So it's always important to check with your chambers, your city, other big organizations in your town to find out what's going on and then plan your dates accordingly. Have you checked the weather reports for that date for the past last two years? Have you set your day and time to fit the audience work schedule? Is the time location you reserved early enough to have time to set up? Have you considered a theme and decoration? And then you need to sort of sit down and set the things you need to do right away. How soon in advance should someone start planning? I say a year, but sometimes you can get away with six to 12 months in planning an event. I, I see that the fairs, once they close, the day that they close, they're already preparing for the next year's fair. You're so right. When you, if you're going to do an event every year, the minute the event's over, you should sit down and do a meeting with your, your team, find out what went right, what didn't go right, and then start planning for your next event because, you know, if you're going to get vendors or you're going to use sponsors or in-kind sponsors, they do their budgets once a year. So you cannot hit them up at the last time, at the last meeting. Is there an event schedule format one might want to set up? And if so, what are some of the things that should be in it? Yeah, I have one that I, I pretty much use. For instance, Six to 12 months prior to the event, you need to recruit and meet with your committee. Decide your purpose of your event, and if you're going to have a logo or theme, you need to un uh, look at that. Outline the audience characteristics. Select and confirm the site and the price. Declare event name, date, and theme, and start looking at who are the exhibitors and vendors that you're going to invite. Three to five months prior, you're going to meet monthly with committee. Figure preliminary budget with your whoever you designate as your trade, treasurer. If you're going to have a meal, you want to choose your caterer and draft the menu. And you're going to outline the schedule and the program. You need a master site plan if you're going to have vendors. You know how everything is going to be laid out. You need to apply for permits and licenses. If you're going to have entertainers, you want to... Start contacting your entertainers and speakers. And you need to define and outline the various publicity locations you have that you will be promoting this. Two to three months prior, you're meeting with monthly with your committee. You're printing and sending invitations or emailing them. You are, are now, you've already contacted your entertainers. You're looking at what you've gotten and you're starting to select your performers and your entertainers, and you're now mailing publicity to your external media, 
and you're working on sending your program to the printer. One to two months prior, you meet again, continue meeting monthly with your committee, attend official meetings and events. In other words, as you know what you're doing, you want to be out in the community spreading the word, we're doing this and that, save the day. You're going to start collecting uh, reservations, finishing your final stages of menu planning. And if you're not familiar with the people that are doing your food, you, would, you need to do a tasting to make sure the food is good. One month prior, again, you're still meeting with your committee and all your crew managers. You're walking through the site. You are confirming all the arrangements and contracts. You're collecting items from storage. You're rehearsing your speakers and entertainers. You're making signs. You're collating your registration packages, and you're, you're uh, reaching out for prizes, paper goods, and decorations. Again, two weeks prior, you're meeting with your committee. You are calling people who are too busy to be crew managers but who might want to spend time working on the events as check-in or uh, just making sure if you have vendors, everybody's happy. That That is kind of a basic, which, you know, you then can add different things that pertain to you. What are some of the things you should do in the time frame? Well, I would say, number one, you need to do a checklist. And a sample checklist, as I said, you want to select your chair member, chair and members for your planning committee. Again, one of the things that's really, I think, key is that you need to define what it is you're doing, what are the needs of that event. For instance, publicity is a big thing. So you need someone that has a great personality, someone that's out in the pulse of the public, as well as another person who may be great at social media. It's so much easier if you find these people with the skills. If you need, you need somebody that can handle the finance. So it's so much easier to get somebody that knows how to handle money, how to keep it recorded properly, how to do the bookkeeping so that at the end you have a, a really great report of everything that happened. You, um, so, and actually you need a strategic plan where you actually um, develop a master plan for the whole thing. Um, I did the chamber uh, birthday party last year, and I developed everything I needed, sat down, looked at the key people I needed on the committee, what did we want to do, put the budget together, sent out donation letters, looked for sponsors, looked for the entertainer, and we had it all together. And I actually told everybody they better get their tickets early when we were going to be sold out two weeks before the event. No one believed me, but guess what? We sold out two weeks before the event. Some of our board members didn't get in. So, and volunteers, you know, you don't need to give them all big jobs. Because sometimes when you go to volunteers and, and if they're busy, they're, they're like, um, oh, my God, I don't have the time. So if you can just define little time then people are more apt to want to jump on board, and you'll have more volunteers, and you don't burn anyone out. I'm sure you've volunteered for a lot of things. Yes, I have. And so how do you feel if somebody comes to you and asks you to be a volunteer? How, you know, how do you like them to approach you? I would like them to approach me. How much time can I give them? for volunteering time instead of saying, hey, I need you to volunteer. I, I need to know the time frame. And is it, wouldn't it be easier to be a volunteer if they were bringing in you with some of the skills that you have because then it's not 
it's not so hard. Even though you may learn some new skills along the way, but I think it's easier for volunteers to do something they already know. Like you're a people person, so bringing you in as a greeter or getting you out to tell people about it or even using some of your skills on social media would be great because it's something you like to do, right? Excellent. Yes, excellent point there. And, and that's what people forget to do. They, they'll, they'll go to a meeting and they say, we need volunteers, and then people will raise their hand. But they really need skills. I mean, even when I teach nonprofits to find volunteers for their organization, I always say, define what it is you need and then reach out to find that skill. It's so much easier. Otherwise, if you're the chair of an event, and you have all these people that are willing but don't really know how to do anything, you're spending all your time teaching them and not the time you need to make the event all come together. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. So that's the key. So some of the other things that you could do would be um, you're going to select your chairs for your such subcommittees such as refreshment, setup and cleanup, uh, readers, you also need, a lot of times if you're doing something, you may need traffic and safety people to make sure people park the right place. And then again, your volunteer speakers, um, you need a publicity plan. You, you need to decide when how media should be contacted. And then um, you need to alert the media if you'd like a photo op. And now a lot of times in today's world, the media, what I have found, in the PR work I do, the media is so busy that most of the time they cannot send a photographer. But they are willing to have you take the photos and send it to them. So if, they, if they're not able to do that, then you need to designate somebody within your group to be the official photographer for the group, and then at the end you can decide which are the best photos that, to send. And the other thing is, like today in Facebook, if you're doing an event, you can actually start feeding the, the pictures from the event to show everybody what a great time everybody's having. You don't have to wait for the event's over, you know, with the iPhones and everything, and you just go right to Facebook. Um, the other thing is a lot of times people are waiting to the very end to put the program together, and then they're just going crazy trying to get it done, and the night before they're holding programs, and, you know, you really need to plan ahead. There's no reason why a program cannot be done four or five days before the event, or even a week before, if the planning is done right. Um, you need to let you, you need to let your volunteers and your entertainers and your sponsors and and your um, also your vendors know exactly what the format. Now, if you're bringing, if you're doing say a conference and you're bringing in vendors, it's really important in putting your program together that you allow enough time for the vendors. You know, you're charging them for their food. So you want to make sure that in the day's event schedule or the morning or whatever you're doing, you've allowed enough time for people to go to visit those, those vendor booths. I've gone to events where that doesn't happen and then the vendors are not happy. And if you are doing this event and you're planning to do it every year, you want to make your vendors happy and your sponsors happy. So it's really important that you think of that, not just of yourself or your organization, because it is a team event. Um, some other things, uh, you, you know, on the day of the thing, you need registration tables where people can check in. And I find one way that saves time, too, because if you're going to use um, 
name tags, if you alphabetize all the name tags and put them on a table, and then people can just give your name, somebody checks them off and then get their name tag. You're not tied with trying to do the name tag. You know, if you don't have enough people, if you have somebody, when they check in, you say, go over here and get your name tag, so-and-so will help you. But sometimes you don't have that much shelf. So if you have it in alphabetical order, once they check in, they can just go get their name tag. And what's good about that is that at the end, it's kind of a double check. Whatever name tags you have are people that didn't come, and you can make sure you got everybody else checked in. Um, you want at the end of the event, you really need to send thank yous to everyone who participated, including the volunteers, because even though even though volunteers do things because they want to help, they they really it's a nice thing to thank people, you know, and a lot of people forget to do that. And the same thing with the vendors. You know, if they've come in or you're sponsors, you want to be able to thank them. And there's different levels of sponsorship, and we'll get to that after. So, you know, having worked on events, how does all that sound to you at some of the checklists? Do you see something maybe I missed? That all sounds really good to me. Preparedness is the key. Right. It's almost like you couldn't have driven the train if you didn't know the schedule, right? That's right. It's no different. That's right. Uh, is there a, a sample checklist of what can you? And if so, what would some of the things that should be in it? Well, we I have a sample of that. So if they email me, I'll be happy to go ahead and send them that page. We talked a little bit about it. Uh, one of the other things, there's a couple things that I didn't mention that I think would be important. One of them is um, the budget. So in the budget, you might want, you should be very specific and include revenue opportunities, sponsorship, ticket sales, donation, concession sales, as well as expenses like printing permits, insurance, speakers, food, supplies, security. So for instance, if you're doing an event and you're charging $129 and your food cost is $10, when you're posting that in a you know in your budget, you need to reduce that for every member put $10 in the food cost so that you you have it, you know, the food revenue, so that it's going to offset whatever your food cost is. Instead of putting the whole 129 in uh, ticket sales, you know, you're going to subtract the revenue, and the other then goes. And sometimes people forget to do that. The other thing is logistics is very important. Um, you need to look at the size of the space, utility. The other thing is like, do we have enough tables, chairs? Um, if it's an outside event, do we have tents? Because I was in a tent one time where it was so hot and there was only a few vents and one woman fainted and we had to call the ambulance. So we need to look at where are we going, what are we doing. Um, parking, signage, uh, how about the, the toilet? You know, if we have, if it's not in a building and it's outside, do we have portable toilets? And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and, you know, where is the local, do we, are we aware of where to call for the local fire in, in case we have an emergency? And then as far as planning um, publicity, some couple things that's really important is, are you trying to inform, educate, or entertain? Um, are you going to build a support from the, the, the audience you already have, or are you trying to reach out and, and increase that audience? Are you facilitating good community relationships? Um, it's always, you always got to look at what's in it for them. Why should they come? What, is, what are they going to get out of it? It's not about what you're getting. It's 
what are you giving to them, whether it's a sponsor, a volunteer, or it's a, an in-kind sponsor or a vendor. So you've got to look at it from their perspective. And a lot of times people don't that. And at the end, what you want to do after the event, and you want to do it right after the event when things are fresh, you might want to have a questionnaire for participants to fill out. Some general uh, criteria would be, did the event fulfill your goals and objectives? Why or why not? What works and what needs fine-tuning? What vendors should be used again? You know, sometimes you can get vendors from hell, but you may not want to have them again. Uh, what items were missing on the checklist so that you can add it to next year's checklist? Was the event well attended? And if not, why? What did you not do to get the word out to the people? Did you forget to check what else is happening in the area? Um, looking at all that is going to help you each year to make a better event. You know, your first event may not be as big as you want it because it's new and people don't know about it. But each year, as you can find some of these tools, it's going to be bigger and bigger. How does one pull together the best team to be on their committee for their event? Well, as I said earlier, the best way to do it is just sit down and you define everything you need to make this event. If you're going to have a silent auction in baskets, you need some you wouldn't want me doing your basket. So you want somebody that can do beautiful basket. You know, you may get the items in, but somebody's got to pull it all together and make a beautiful basket with the, you know, the cellophane and the beautiful ribbon. So that is some, a lot of times people don't think about that. You know, they, they, and they get there, oh, my God, we've got to do baskets. Who's going to do it? You know, you're trying to make money. So you can't sometimes pay a basket company to come in and do it. You've got to find that talent. That's talent. Um, you need somebody that may be really good in graphics and defining the flyer uh, that, you know, that can make a beautiful flyer that you're going to get out. And the other thing to remember, sometimes if you're using um, some of the things on um, computer, you can't copy and put them in a regular email. And, and so when you're sending a flyer out, um, a lot of people don't like to have attachments. So you might want to have two kinds of flyer, one that, you do on, um, you know, the, the really fancy stuff, and then one that's simple that can be copied and put in an email. Because a lot of times I'll try to copy some of those ones they create to send out to my database on an event, and I can't do it. So then I have to call the person and say, you know, if you want me to promote this, I need you to put it in place that I can just put it in an email. Because with so much going on these days, people will not open. Very rarely will they open attachments unless they know the person. Do you find that you do open it? I do not open attachments unless it's from somebody I personally Right. So, and they forget that. They made this beautiful flyer, and it's done in a graphic you cannot copy. Like, I think Acrobat, it's very difficult to copy Acrobat. So yes. it needs to be put into a Word document. And people need to think that, because not everybody knows how to take an Acrobat doc, document and change it to a Word. So you've got to think of the people you're sending it out to and who your audience is. And so that that's, you know, a couple things there. How does one go about getting sponsors and donations for these? Well, there are, you know, there are several kinds of ways that they go. One of them is uh, you first have to define who is your market. For instance, if you're doing um, in a market for uh, men, you're not going to go for somebody 
that sells baby stuff. You know, if you're doing a woman's market and a younger market, then maybe that would work, but not in a, a man's conference. Uh, for instance, if you're doing a children's conference, you would look at companies that want to sell to children. It could be clothes. It could be toys. It could be bicycles. It could be helmets. It could be things that the kids like today. It could be even games. So once you define who your market is, then you can you can say, okay, who are the types of companies that sell to these kind of people? Because what happens, everybody's always going out to the local vendors to get money or to get in-kind donations. And everybody's hitting up the same ones. And, for instance, in our town, Menifee, we are a small town. There's just so much money our vendors have. And if everybody hitting them, there are many times they have to say no. But if we start thinking globally, then those global sponsors are more interested in doing something because they want to become known. Uh, like, for instance, if somebody was doing something for children, in San Diego there is a company called Vauxhall who makes all the helmets for the bicycles and skateboard people and things like that. Well, in our area we have a lot of kids, so it would make sense to them to do something to get known so that maybe not so much the people would buy direct from them, but maybe our stores here would want to buy their products to stock it to, to share. You see where I'm coming from? Yes. So a lot of times what I would do if I'm doing an event, and once I define who my market is, I might just go to a drugstore or a uh, food store and I just walk down, oh, this would be a good manufacturer. Who's doing this? And then I write down the name of the company and how I can contact them. Then I come back and I look at the Thomas Register. And when you go on, it's www.thomasregister.com. And what that does is that gives you all the manufacturers in the, in the country. And it will give you the top five who make the most money. That's what I always go for because they have a more money to play with. And then, I, I, you know, I've created my in-kind donation letter or my sponsored letter. And then I'm sending it. And I'm actually looking at what they do so that when I'm sending them the letter, I'm tailoring it to them. Don't do just a carte blanche. You know, because you've got to look at what's in it for them. So, for instance, if you were doing a box haul, you could say our market are working mothers with children who kids, you know, use skateboards or use bicycles. So the fact that you would be getting in front of this market would, you know, make it feasible for the moms to want your help and go to their local stores and say, why aren't you carrying it? See what I'm saying? Yes. Points to consider when looking for a sponsor. What is a sponsorship? A sponsorship is, it can be many things. There's what we call an in-kind sponsor. And an in-kind sponsor is someone that you decide you need something, and rather than them giving you money, they give you the item. So, for instance, if you were going to have a table centerpiece, you could go to an in-kind sponsor who's a florist, if you were using flowers, for instance. You could go to a florist and say, we would like you to be our in-kind sponsor for the for the tables. We're going to have X number of tables. Then you look at the value of that amount. Because, you know, there is a value to something. And then you look at where they would fit in your, like, you might have a $500 sponsor. Sometimes they call that a ground sponsor. Even though they're not giving you money, they're giving you the value. So I think in-kind sponsors are great. Once you define everything you need for the event, 
that's a great way to go because you don't have to automatically spend money. Now, the the sponsor is a different thing. This is the sponsor that gives you money. So you could have uh, like a platinum sponsor. It might be a $5,000 sponsor. And they, and some of the things, let me give you some ideas of what makes a sponsor effective. Number one, the event must be good for both the organization or the business and the sponsor. There must be consideration in the following awareness areas. Sponsor awareness, the opportunity for the sponsor to be recognized for its efforts in some way. You have also researched the competition. You have included media opportunities. So, for instance, if you're sending out flyers, you're going to have the sponsor's logos on it. So they're getting media they're getting media attention as you're getting medium. And you also have audio, audience demographics to share. Because a lot of times, though, depending on how much you're coming in, they will ask you, well, how many people is this going out to? What is your demographic? Um, and so... Um, and so they'll look at, uh, you know, what are the signage? What are they going to do? Is their name and logo going to be on the program? There has to be something in it for them. Um, and we also need to look at why why would they want to be part of it. And we also have to look at their budget. If you're dealing with big companies, they have to have, we have to look at their fiscal year responsibility. And uh, the other thing is it doesn't matter you have to develop a proposal. It doesn't matter if you're going after 200000 or 500 the, the principles are already the same. The only difference is the higher up the mountain you climb, the better the preparation must be. And it's, we're almost getting to the end of the show, and we have a lot more we didn't reach. But I do have a PowerPoint, and if anyone is interested in getting the PowerPoint, it's, it's all about sponsorships and different tips. If you will um, send me an email at rmodder at aol.com and tell me in, in the subsequent uh, PowerPoint, I'll be happy to send it to you. Also, if you want to be a guest on my show, send me the topic you would like to discuss, your bio, with all your contact info, your JPEG photo, 10 questions you would like me to ask you, and then I will review it to see if it fits and call you to set a date. The show is every Thursday, one half hour, from 5 to 5.30 p.m., and each topic um, is heard live across the world. And once the show is not live, it is archived so that you can hear it. If you go on my site, you'll be able to hear some of the other shows we've taped in the last year. There's some great topics. And I want to thank Kathy so much for being here with me today. And we hope that you've gotten something out of the few tips we've been able to give you in the half an hour. There's so much to putting on an event. And uh, we, um, you know, I'm here anytime if you have a question when you start putting on your event. Because sometimes you get in the middle of it and you think, oh, my God, what should I have done? So uh, thanks for joining. Uh, this is Women's Business Radio on Block Talk Radio, and I'm Robbie Motter your host today, along with Kathy Carlton, who was my guest. And the name of my show is Diva Week Strategies for Success. Thank you again, and hope to see you soon. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 